Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today. And I'm Dr. Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here, especially when I have fabulous guests. And for those of you out there who are counting the numbers of your age, forget it. It can be just a number, and I have someone here today who's going to prove that with everything that she's doing, really connecting grand women with Moxie. And I'm talking about the award-winning lifestyle blogger, entrepreneur, and author, Susan Honeygood, who's the cool 21st century grandmother. And she helps women over 50 restore purpose, positivity, and visibility in their lives. Through her musings on honeygood.com, her stylish keepsake journal, Stories from My Grandchild, and her Honeygood Network, Honeygood helps women find meaningful new connections in their lives and feel visible once again. Her Internet success story began when she craved a new sense of purpose in her 60s. Now, Susan Honeygood inspires, advises, empowers, and educates women across her Honeygood ventures. Honeygood and its social channels engage over 200,000 followers, and she's written for HuffPost, Medium, Grand Magazine, and 60 and Me, and was also named one of Chicago's fierce 50 women over 50. Welcome. Susan Honeygood, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, and thank you for all those accolades. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I am very touched. You actually deserve them because you did that all. It's amazing. So, you know, for many people, that's why I said forget about the number for a minute. For many people who think, oh, I'm getting older, I'm 50, I'm 60, whatever, life life is what's happening to life, it gets recedes or whatever, you're here to tell them something different. And you started the blog, the blogging, like later in your, in your life, although not late, but later on. So I'd like you to start t- telling our listeners about how that took off and, and what was the impetus for that. Well, at that particular time, I was very busy with my busyness, but I wasn't feeling fulfilled. And um, I do believe in the law of attraction. And by chance, I met a stranger, a woman, a writer, and she said that, um, I haven't seen you. Are you a snowbird? Because my husband and I spend part of our winter uh, on the West Coast. And I said, yes, I'm a snowbird. 
And I don't know what prompted me, but she said, well, what do you do here? And I said, I'm really looking for a new purpose. And she looked me right in the eye and she said, I can tell you what to do. And I sat, and I'm not exaggerating. And I said, what what should I do? And she said, if you keep a journal for three months and never miss a day of writing, you will find your voice. And I looked at this woman, and I thought, I will find my voice? Who is she? So I asked her who she was. She said, well, I happen to be a writer, and I happen to be an author. So I really am telling you the truth. If you keep that journal, you'll find your voice. And I did keep the journal, and I did not miss a day of writing for three full months. And I had never written, a, really, a day in my life, except in a blue book in college and in high school, a term paper here and there. But the moment I put my keys, my hands on my keyboard, I just went into a zone. And I just felt my whole body relax. And I just started pouring out my heart in stories. And during this time, it was interesting because my, my husband, who I call my ultimate concierge, we were traveling. And I still managed to write in airports and in hotel rooms and on airplanes. And at the end of the three months, I was back in my kind of town, Chicago, and I was in the park with my dog. And my friend called and she said, well, what are you going to do with your nine billion words? And I said, I don't know. And she said, well, I think you should put them up on the Internet. And I said, the internet. I don't know anything about the internet. Well, fast forward, I did. And I really realized after my three months of writing, um, putting my stories up on the internet with the help of a young man, that the reason I was able to do this, because I can get past. Fear. Fear does not enter my life from trying something new. It doesn't matter what it is. And so I'm blessed in that respect. So my lack of fear propelled me into where I am today. And I am so busy, I'm dizzy. I don't know. And I've learned so much. And this is what I try to write about to impress on other women who read my stories. That's my long answer. Hope it wasn't too long. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's interesting because a lot of people shy away from journal writing, and yet, and I don't know how you started in terms of what you wrote about initially, but it's often, t- I have tons of journals from so many years ago, but it, it's often a way to to get in touch with what's really going on inside of you and to be able to bring it out. And you said something that once you started writing, it just flowed. And that's to me, because I love to write, that's the beauty of it. It, it almost feels 
like it's guided and it just is a is a wonderful experience and those people who love to write like you and I understand that so I think it's a beautiful story tell our listeners because many of them probably haven't looked at your blogs what's the content of them what do you share with women over 50 and what's important to them well what I share and it's more about how I share because you have to understand, I have no fear of showing my vulnerable side. So though I may live a different lifestyle than you or someone else, we all feel the same after a certain age because we're going through certain passages of our life. So when I write my stories, it doesn't matter if it's about fashion or blended families, or adult children not talking to their parents, or traveling uh, to Antarctica. I am able, because of this lack of fear of showing my vulnerable side, they relate to me, because inside they're feeling the way I'm feeling. So if I'm afraid of something, I say it. If I'm excited about something, I share it. And I'm just real, and I'm able to, to express that to women over 50. And though I don't know these women on Facebook because I reply to everyone that um, comments, I know them. I know their names, a lot of them, not all. And so I would just say that it doesn't really matter what I write about, but what I'll write about I will write about relationships with girlfriends, uh, family members, mother-in-laws, daughter-in-laws. I'll go into how to pack for travel and give them all my little tips. Um, I'll tell them place the best restaurants to eat in some little town in Europe. Um, I'll share some disaster that may have happened on a trip so they can avoid it. I will uh, write about uh, the news of the day. Uh, there's, There's really nothing I don't touch about. I talk about when I had cancer and how I dealt with it, which many other women have also experienced. And, um, the, the only thing I do not write about is politics. But everything else I share, and I just share it honestly. So I welcome you know, I all think, of you to come and read my stories. <laughs> I think that's the beauty of it is to be able to do that with authenticity and because I think that, that that's what rings true with many people. They want to know, they want to hear what – who the real you is without, you know, without any specific flair or, or cover-up or whatever. And, and I think that's what's so important with, with you and what, you, you know, what you're doing in your blogging and in, in your connecting with women. Thank you. Now, why have you called women, grand women, I love it, by the way, grand women <laughs> with moxie, and who are these women? Um. Well, I believe that every single woman over 50 has moxie. Now, 
she can be a woman that will walk into a room and she's got sparkle in her eyes and a smile on her face. And you think of that as, oh, she has moxie. But a woman with moxie can also be a quiet woman. She can be any type of woman because in my mind, after the age of 50, she has been the ultimate student all these years of her life, and she deserves to be called a grand woman with moxie. She's had joys. She's had disappointments. She's had surprises. She's had, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. What am I going to do? She's had it. She's probably had most of everything. She's maybe experienced death, divorce, uh, widowhood, losing a parent. Who knows? So a grand woman with moxie, she deserves to be called this over 50. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You do? I do. Thanks. I do. I love it. Uh, and, And what's beautiful is many years ago I interviewed women who were getting older, and what they said, and it it sort of goes in with what you were talking about in terms of being fearless. A lot of the concerns that they had when they were in their 20s and 30s about how good do I look and, and comparing themselves to other people and not standing up for who they are and who they were, all of that as they grow in years and experience seems to slip away and they're more inclined to feel very strongly about yes this is who I am and you don't like it (laughs) sorry (laughs) but this is me and so that to me that idea that grand women and grand women with moxie fits because we become I believe more fearless and ready to just step into those roles of, yeah, here I am. You don't like it? All right. (laughs) But that's who I am. And if you're feeling insecure and thinking you don't have it, after you read my stories, you'll realize you do have it. (laughs) You do have it. You just have to acknowledge it. And sometimes that's hard to do because we're all hard on ourselves. But the more experiences we have, even the more disappointments we have that we solve, women out there have to realize, I've solved this. I, I have my moxie. I am a grand woman. And, and several women at, at a certain age, and because I'm in that age bracket, feel very invisible after a certain age. And... Um, I had this come up when I was with a group of my friends. And the most popular girl in the group of, there were six of us, I believe, all of a sudden she said, I feel invisible. And I thought to myself, I never thought of the word except with Casper the ghost. It was (laughs) not in my vocabulary. And I said, why do you feel invisible? I said, everybody loves you. You've got the greatest personality. You're, uh, you have a degree in psychology. You, you, yada, da, da, da. And she said, because I'm older. Mm. And all the other women 
who were had nice families and and were very very nice women they all said they felt invisible and it was because of their looks so i tell women this 80% of your beauty is inner you can be a plain woman you can have a head full of gray hair and you can have wrinkles but if you walk into that room or any room and you walk in tall and you put a smile on your face you can be far more beautiful than the 35-year-old girl that walks into the room because you you know what I you know what I'm saying but that's hard to do right yeah, you know what you said that's very 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 poignant and that is that it, it we feel that way. Many women feel that way and it's about really you said this really accessing that belief about who we are and and that we are beautiful, that we are strong, that we are capable and that's within ourselves and we have to be able to tap into that. And honey, it's so very important to be able to do that. And to access said the inner beauty because it's there, and it it we can express that and we can share that, and we can shine. you know your life hasn't been all so perfect, you've had a lot of challenges, and you you mentioned earlier about cancer and i many women and not just women, many women and men struggle with with disease and challenges, illnesses, other kinds of challenges. Can you share how you got through that and what were some of the ways that helped you move past it and and be stronger within yourself? Well, I I really think I was first of all I was so shocked. I lost my husband in in a second with a phone call when I was in my 40s that he mm. he had dropped dead. I hate to say it that way, but that's exactly what happened. So that was such a shock. And learning I had cancer, oh, my God, that was just such a shock. Um, what, I was, what I did is I, I lived my feelings. I didn't try and hide any to myself, that is. I was able to just say, oh, my God, I'm so scared. And I was even able to say that to my friends and my husband uh, when I had cancer. And I would cry at the drop of a hat. And I was able to express my emotions. I didn't just keep it all inside. You have to, you have to be able to... Um, Get all this out of you, and you have to be able to um, uh, come to terms that you have a choice. You're going to go on with your life. You've learned a lot from this, from your experiences. For example, with cancer, the reason I'm alive today is because I was proactive about my health. I never wanted to go to a doctor. Who does? But I made myself, I went for a yearly mammogram. I went for, to the dermatologist. I went for a physical every year. And 
so I write about that to women. So it's not just emotional. You learn from an experience that you must take care of your body. You must. And um, I have gotten so many uh, letters from women that have thanked me and told me, oh, it's because of what you wrote today that I made an appointment for this, that, or the other. As far as losing a spouse, that just takes a long time. It takes a very long time to heal. And I have friends that have lost um, their spouse, and they don't grieve. You have to go through the process of grieving this loss. And they pretend that things are merry and bright. And you still, you must go through the process. There's four steps. And I was in my early 40s, and I just, I just knew what to do. I didn't go to help for help. I just kind of knew what to do. And what I did is I stayed alone. I couldn't concentrate, so I couldn't watch television. I couldn't read a book. I did a lot of walking. I lived, I moved from our home to a very peaceful place near the sea, um, out of our home into a condo where I had peace around me. I walked four miles every day with my dog. I cried. I mourned the loss of Michael. And a lot of people are afraid to feel their emotion. So I write about that. I just write and write. Can I tell you? (laughs) You know, loss is not easy, whether it's a loss of a husband or or a wife or a child or a parent any other kind of loss that we experience. And you're so right. We have to be able to acknowledge the feelings, what we're going through, rather than just gloss over them because we have to be able to heal. And and here's something that's really important. Everybody can heal differently in terms of time. I once worked with someone who lost her her mother and her, then her father like within a few months and and it was about a year afterwards and she said my friends keep saying it's time to stop grieving it's and she said i i'm not ready i have to be able to grieve and i and and i need some you know i i my friends who are not giving me permission to do what I need to do. And I said to her, you need to do what feels right for you. And she did. And it's so important, honey, Susan, Susan, honey, that you did that and did that instinctively, intuitively, and share that with other people, with other women, because it gives them the okay and validates that it's not stupid to grieve, it's not silly to grieve, and you and and it's real, and you have to be able to heal, and that's the only way to do that. If you if you pretend like you were talking about some friends, if you pretend that that nothing's wrong, it doesn't. It, that sore that is still there, and it doesn't right. help you. Oh, right. So. 
tell our listeners some of the yeah. things that you write about. I mean, you talked about a little bit. Can Do you have something that you could share that you wrote about today? Because somebody is asking, well, what did she just write about today or yesterday that I, that I could hear? Um, I wrote few, a few days ago. Uh, well, let me let me back up a second. I okay. have, a writer has what is called an editorial calendar. And mm-hmm. on that calendar is a list of different stories. So the story I wrote about uh, either this week or the end of last week was the st- a story on tradition the importance of tradition in the family. And with the family moving all across America, whether it be for jobs or weather or whatever, there's not that old nucleus of the family. Where I, When I grew up, I had my grandmas, my grandpas, my aunts and uncles, and my cousins. We shared holidays. We played together. We were a family. And now, this is more or less evaporated in, the, in society. So I wrote about, way, first of all, the importance of the matriarch of the family, the grandmother, keeping the family together. And this, this can be done. First of all, grandmas can text. They can send emojis. They can send things through the mail. And they can also, when they are with their grandchildren, they can tell stories. And children in their 30s love to hear stories about the family. And when you do things like this or you walk around your home and you say, my great-grandmother gave me this piece, and you tell a story about it, This holiday, I celebrated, and I used these candlesticks from my mother. Mm. You are teaching your children that live far away from you the importance of tradition. And you are leaving them the greatest gift you can. And that is what you leave them in their head. It's not money. It's not a bank account. It's not checks in the mail. It's stories that teach lessons. And one of the lessons is to keep the family together through tradition. So that was one of my stories. I love it. And, you know, it's, it's, it, I'm going to add through, your, through the head and also the heart because the stories engage both our heads and our hearts. And you have this beautiful book. I'm looking at it now. I love the colors and and. It's called Stories from My Grandchild, A Grandmother's Journal. And the way it, I, you're going to describe it more, but the way that it's orchestrated beautifully is for grandmothers to share their stories about events that happened in their past, in their lives, and, and you'll go into more detail. But again, just what you talked about, it gives it's a legacy, num- number one. It's a but legacy. It also, mm-hmm. Yes, but it also gives children, grandchildren, our children and beyond, memories, stories about the family, about themselves that, that are beautiful. 
so what how did this book come about? Well, it came about by sheer accident. I received a call from the editor or one of the editors of Abrams Books located in New York. And or rather she wrote an email. She sent me an email. We would be interested in you being the author of a book for Abrams. I had mm-hmm. to read it ten times. I couldn't <laughs> believe what I was reading. <laughs> and then she said, will you please call me? And I did. And I said, why did you choose me? And she said, well, first I thanked her. You know, I was very gracious. Uh, and she, I said, how did you choose me? She said, we went on the Internet, and we looked for grandmother sites, and we looked for grandmothers, and you were a cool 21st century grandmother. <laughs> and you epitomized what a grandmother is today. A grandmother doesn't sit home today. She's out there, and she's out and about with her grandchildren. She's doing all kinds of things. So we thought that you would be a great representative of the grandmother of today, and we would like you to write a book for us and for the public. Oh, my gosh. I was so overwhelmed. I was so grateful. And um, I accepted the offer. And um, what I did, I, I wrote everything that's in the book, and I wrote all the prompts for all the grandmothers. And it was hard because, you know, we all have different lifestyles. We were, were all different. And I had to write questions that every grandmother could answer. And um, I did this with the help of, the, of my editor. And the book is the story of a family, the grandmother's family that she writes in her own handwriting and leaves as an heirloom for her grandchildren to eventually pass on to their children. And what I added to the book, which most books don't have that are uh, written in the same vein, is that I have a few pages where I ask the grandmother to share her values and share her wishes, I could cry, uh, that she wants to leave to her grandchildren. And I have 26 in a blended family. And I'm the grandma. So I'm honey. That's my name that my grandchildren call me. So it sounds, the little ones say honey, and the older ones go honey. But I am honey good, and it's my grandma name. So this book is a keepsake. And um, I'm very proud of it because it's tradition, isn't it? And we grandmas have to leave this to our children, the tradition. So that's what the book is about. And um, I'm very proud of it. And, And it was like a blessing that they found me. And as I said, I was so grateful. And I really think this is something else that I... I really write about often to be grateful. And when you're, when you're grateful, you, 
you can be walking outside and see a little flower come up, and you feel so grateful to see it. So it's not about big things. It's about everything. And so I'm extremely grateful that I had this opportunity to write the book, and I'm grateful I'm alive, and I'm grateful I'm talking to Joanne today, and I'm just grateful for everything, even my tragedies, because my tragedies educated me in other areas and and made me grow as a woman, which makes me a better wife, grandma, mom, friend, etc., Well, I think it's wonderful, and and I'm with you in terms of gratitude. When I take my morning walks, I I say to the birds, "Thank you for your song." That you know, right now I'm there are about a, about fifty. I feed the birds. There are about fifty birds on on several trees waiting to to have their food, which it's already don't, there. Don't but, you feel like this really oh. wonderful feeling come over your whole body? Yes, you gratitude do. to me, like you said, I'm I'm grateful to be alive, you know, and I'm not going to go into some reasons now, but I'm really, really grateful for for waking up, for talking to you, honey, on the phone, for 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 just so much, and I think that's so important. And you have not this book that stories from my grandchild also gives a grandmother the opportunity to write them in. It, it's like you. You give them some ideas, and you also have some beautiful quotes. From generation to generation, our values are the threads that hold us together. And you also have in here, do not let the fear of the unknown engulf you. Embrace yourself. Dare to live. I love that because it's... It's powerful and it's pertinent and it makes and it 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 isn't again it's not just for the head for me it also touches my heart and it it allows us to feel our strength to tap into that which you do so beautifully and and this book is such a gift because a lot of women men too wouldn't think about writing down their stories and you know my sister called me the other day she said she's older than me she said I have all these papers our parents are deceased all these papers and pictures and she said and and I want to make sure that that we're carrying that through that they've not forgotten and and that and and so what you're doing is so very important because there's value in that from generation to generation. It helps us understand who we are, where we've come from, and feel a kindred connection and spirit to those that that are in our lives. So maybe that, that we just heard of because they're already gone that have touched us or touched other people that we know in some way. So I think that's so very beautiful what you do. I could talk to you forever. Well, I'm going to meet love. you one day, I hope. Yes, you are. I'm going to I hope. Yes, we're going to have more conversations cuz I have another idea for you which I'll tell you not now. But share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you, how they could find out more about your blogs and everything that you're doing so that they connect, can connect and that they can also be inspired and feel and, and benefit from your beautiful advice. 
Well, thank you so much, Joanne. I have a website. My website is honeygood.com. And on my site, you will see where you can order my book. Um, It'll say book. You click on and you can order it at Amazon. You can order it at other bookstores. It will give you all the, the information that you need. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. On Facebook, it's honeygood.com. I'm on Twitter. I have YouTube and LinkedIn. And if you type in honeygood.com, Google will, <coughs> will present you with all different ways of reaching out to me. And I hope you do. I would love that. So you also have an Ask Honey column. What do people ask you about? Oh, my gosh. They ask me about everything. (laughs) They ask me about shampoos that I might use on my gray hair. All of a sudden, I have a tickle in my throat. They ask me about my pooch. They ask me, one woman said, I am going to Florida. I am in my 80s, and I'm going to stay for one month with my granddaughter and her boyfriend, and she's 22. What can I do? So I told her what I thought. I have many people writing to me about um, relationships with their, their, uh, either their spouse, girlfriends, partners. So that, that's a big draw. Uh, people ask me about packing and traveling. And my Ask Honey is rather new, so I can't go into great detail because I've only been um, doing this for about a month. But on my website, if you want to ask me a question, I will answer you the following week. It's every Thursday. Every Thursday I do a column on Ask Honey. And right now I'm only answering four women at a time. But I go into a lot of detail because I don't want to shortchange anyone. Um, Maybe I'll up it. If when when I when it becomes more um, when it's out there, but it is called Ask Honey, and you could write it. There's a place on my website where you would write the question and then look for it the following Thursday. Wonderful. That's my Ask Honey column. That's great, Honey. We're running out of time. What would you like to leave our listeners with before you go and before we go? I I think um, that I would want to leave them with this. I think it's really important, and this is not vanity. I think it's really important to really love yourself or like yourself and appreciate yourself because there's a lot to like, love, and appreciate. And sometimes we're all hard on ourselves, um, and that's where positivity comes in. I look at everything, and I know this sounds Pollyanna. I don't know how I developed this trait, but I just 
I look at life in a positive light. So I will leave you with this. Look at yourself in a positive light. Appreciate who you are. Like and love yourself. And put fear in the back of your mind. Step out of the box and go for something you really want to go for. Because even if you fail, you tried. And that's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That's what I would say. Thank you so much, honey. Have a beautiful day. And thanks for everything you're doing and for sharing all your wisdom. Have thanks so much. And And you are a grand woman with Oxy. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you for wanting me. I'm very appreciative. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Have a lovely day. You too. And everybody out there, have a nice day too. Bye bye. Bye bye. So think about everything that, that Honeygood said because it is so important to value yourself, to see the treasures that you are, the the gifts that you have. We all have very wonderful gifts, and even if you can't recognize them, it's time to really tap into that. And Honey also said something that's so important, and that is to live your life without fear, to to take steps forward without fear. And that's one of the reasons why I call this Power Your Life, because you have the ability to do that, to take charge of your life, to move through even situations that you've never experienced before or do things that you've never done before. And, yeah, it may be fearful at first, but you can do it and move through that fear. And once you're on the other side of that, it's like, wow, that was easy. Well, maybe it wasn't that easy, but I did it, and you can do that. So take some steps forward today. Move into a more loving and self-appreciative place Take those steps forward in your life and take care of you and power yourself any way that you can. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to docwhite.org, find out more about upcoming guests, about shows, about different articles that I've written, and know that you are special. It's time to honor that. Have a great day wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 